Welcome to Thinking Past Sunday, where we discuss everything from theology to giving a biblical perspective on things of the unknown. As believers ourselves, we hope to interact with believers and non-believers alike, answering questions and giving insight into things not typically discussed in a Sunday morning service. Let's go! All right, guys, thanks for listening into Thinking Past Sunday. Um, we uh, actually have a, a voicemail uh, submitted that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So, uh, yeah, here we are. Uh, with me, I'm Brett, and I got uh, uh, William. William and Jesse. Jesse, again. Uh, same three as always. So before uh, I, I uh, we jump into it, um, you can call, if you have a question, call or text 417-319-4380, or you can email us at thinkingpastsunday at gmail.com. Um, we're also on Facebook, and uh, I just set up Twitter and Truth Social, so you can catch us on all three of those. Twitter and Truth Social, uh, our username is at the underscore tps underscore podcast and then you can also listen to us on forgebygrace.org and you can also hear sermons and read about us and all that kind of stuff on there as well so uh unless you guys have anything to say before we jump into it we all good all right good so this is uh here we go let's check it out this is our first voicemail so uh if you do have a question, we prefer the voicemails because it's it's just a little more fun. But here we go. Hi, I just had a question uh, for you guys. Um, so right now I am studying in the Old Testament and I happen to be um, going through uh, First Kings. And so one of the you know consistent problems, of course, is um, people, you know, the Israelites constantly turning to the idols of their day and um, just disbelieving God. And so, um, you know, in First Kings 18, 20, um, Elijah, you know, said to the people, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. And so I just, I feel like that represents so much of what I personally am seeing um, in a lot of the church today. Um, and I just, and I just feel like, like people are kind of like wavering between the world and, and the Bible. And, um, I guess my question for you would be, you know, what are some of the modern day idols, um, that you guys think the body of Christ is being blinded by today? And then how do we guard ourselves as Christians against them? Even if we think that we're seeing these things, uh, so widely accepted in the church today. All right. Thank you for all you do. Well, I think it's a it's an excellent question, and the uh, and, well, it's it's an excellent observation as well. So um, I don't know if um, the caller left her name or not, but thank you for the for the question, for the challenge, and and the observation because you are you're exactly correct. There is a lot of um, straying going on within the church, and um, I think there's some specific reasons for that, and some specific uh, I guess we could call them idols that are drawing people away. And so I uh, appreciate the opportunity to be able to, to address that because it's, it's a significant need in the, in the church to come back to uh, the foundations of our faith. Um, and in a sense, it's, it's ironic because it's, it's related to the question we talked about the last episode. Yeah. That, uh, you know, our, our young people, even the children of um, steadfast saints uh, in the church are drifting away from the faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we see this happening. Um, the passage that you're talking about is the famous um, calling down of fire on Mount Carmel, uh, where uh, Elijah challenges 450 prophets of Baal um, to, to demonstrate their respective God's power. And um, so the challenge was put before uh, the people to choose, and they wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Um, Elijah, um, under God's leadership, obviously, wants to demonstrate that God is God and Baal is nothing. And so you have this this challenge happen on Mount Carmel. But the question, if, if you know, if God is God, then follow him, and if Baal is God, then follow him. Right. Um, and 
I think it's um, the point of that is it's it's clarifying. There is no middle ground. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I think is is an idol or a temptation that's pulling people away from the church right now is because we are so um, convinced right now that there has to be middle ground, that there has to be some moderate um, position you can take on certain issues because it seems uh, in our culture today that any definitive statement uh, or position is somehow painted as uh, intolerant or negative or, uh, you know, superficial, what have you. Um, so I think one of the things that pulls us away is this idea that somehow we have to find some, um, some middle ground. We have to appease the majority of the people. Yeah. And, and, in, and in some situations, that's good. Um, you know, and when I was practicing law, it's uh, in, in mediation, the definition of a successful mediation is where both parties are equally unhappy. Okay. With the outcome, yeah, because okay? everybody's giving up something and so forth. So, and there are situations in life where compromise is absolutely essential, and it's it shows true character to be able to mm-hmm. to give a little uh, and so forth. But not when it comes to scripture. Uh, the, the Bible speaks definitively on many issues, and when it does so, um, there can be no middle ground. And I think that's what draws us away is. Uh, thinking somehow the Bible is just too dogmatic, uh, a term which in itself um, now has become a negative term. If somebody says you're dogmatic, yeah, um, that is very typically uh, used pejoratively. Mm-hmm. Very few people mean that as a compliment. Yeah, but that was not always the case. When they used to write uh, great theological treatises, they would call it the dogmatics um, because they, they were definitive statements. Uh, and I, I think it's good to be definitive when the Bible allows you to be definitive. And uh, so this idea that we just have to appease the great majority of people will always lead us astray. Yeah. Because it was Elijah and 450 prophets of Baal. Mm. Well, that ought to tell you, you know, that right there, at least in this context, the, uh, the position of worshiping Baal is 450 times more popular than worshiping God. Um, so sounds kind of familiar. Yeah, it does. Uh, (laughs) It it does. It does. You got anything, Jesse? Well, I absolutely love what you just said because that's actually better than what I have. But (laughs) I, what I did do when I listened to the voicemail was I was like, her, the first part of her question is what are the idols or the, Mm -hmm. um, false gods that, that modern day Christians face? Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to make a list of 10. Okay, yeah. And I suck. So I have 13. <laughs> 13? Well. Uh, I couldn't cut it down to 10. I couldn't I, I couldn't find a way to combine some of these or knock them off of my list. Uh, and actually, I got here with 12, and I added number 13 while I was here. <laughs> so um, I'm just... And these are in no particular order. I just think these are false gods that... People worship today over God. Okay. Um, alternative lifestyles. Yeah. Sports. Careers. Non-biblical based religions, and that includes Christian Christians that don't follow the Bible. Right. Uh, sexual impurity, and that doesn't have to be necessarily an alternative lifestyle. You know, or as, as as you know, um, self the worship of of self, which is just the oldest of all of them. You know, that's even what caused Satan to fall. Yeah. Um, social media, family, education, ever so present money, science, that I'll put in quotation marks, drugs, and video games. Yeah. These are all things that I think people would rather worship today than God. Yeah. Even... Because uh, did she specifically ask for uh, what, Christians? Well, she said within the church. Within, within the, the church. church. Uh, which, yeah. which I will in- take the liberty of uh, interpreting as Christians. Right. right. Or at least people that claim yeah. to be. Yeah. Um, well, I think um, <laughs> your list is uh, covers most of it. I, You know, yeah. there, there are some things that, um, that I was thinking that would fall under one of those categories or yeah. more. Um, 
particularly when it comes to organized churches in the sense of a local body. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about the ecumenical uh, worldwide church of Christ or, or you know, church. Um, I'm, I'm talking about local bodies of Christ, local churches. Um, one of the things that um, I think is pulling us away from the truth is simply the fact that we feel like if we are going to maintain um, numerically what we want our churches to be, yeah. we, have, we, we have no alternative but to concede some things. Mm-hmm. Because the more and more as the majority of people begin to think differently about the biblical position on uh, so many things, uh, that, that we have to change the biblical position and reinterpret the biblical position and present a different position, or, or those people will not come. Yeah. And for some reason, and, and I get it because I am a pastor, yeah. So I, I I fully understand the motivation, um, but we are obsessed with the idea that we we have to have people come. Mm-hmm. And if, the fact is, if, if we preach uh, less than the truth, and and people come, then what's the point? Right. Um, but we we like them to come because we 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 have things to pay for, uh, you know, pastors' salaries included. And yeah. So. You know, so I guess that would fall sort of generally under this idea of money, uh, Jesse, because that's the that's the world's view of success. That I would have added, you know, that that's an idol. I, I want to be oh, seen yeah. as successful, I have money. and oh. you know, I, I've I've uh, prepared a few of my time, and and I've read a few of my time when I was on a search committee. Uh, I, I've never seen a a pastor's resume or, or CV. Uh, that said, su- successfully reduced the size of my church from 300 <laughs> down to yeah. 80 in you know six short years. Um, th- that is, you know, that is not the thing you put on there. What you do see is you know successfully grew the church from 100 people to 3,000 in 10 years or yeah. whatever, um, because that's the way we define success, and and we have to get away from that mindset. Yes. Yeah. As a church, because we are going to become, and and I don't see the trend shifting, but the, you know God can do what He wants. I mean, He may send another great awakening, like He did in you know the early, early years of our of our country, and He He may uh, send a, a true revival. But barring that, you can see the trajectory um, of our culture and our society, and we are going to become more and more the minority. As believers, yeah. as people that truly believe um, in Christ and truly believe in the Word of God, and I, I feel we're like gonna I, have, we're going to have to get used to that. It's already happening. It yes. seems like, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I I would put on that list is pastors themselves. I think uh, there are pastors who are have become idols to mm-hmm. believers. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just. I I think that can be true, and and here's how. Um, I've often thought this because um, I, I've met people from, you know, big churches with, with very, very well-known, popular mm-hmm. pastors. Um, and, and I'm not saying anything uh, bad about the pastors or the people that do this, but I think it is a sort of a red flag. If when you talk to people about Christ, when you talk to people about um, your church or your faith— mm-hmm. And you talk far more about your pastor, yeah, than you do about Jesus. Uh, something you, you need to reevaluate you're right. where you're at, um, because you know the fact is your 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 pastor, if he's being faithful, is a is a is the messenger, and um, you know God's ministers through him. But he didn't do anything for you, right? In terms of actually spiritually. Uh, doing something on your behalf. That's all Christ. And if, if you're talking more about your pastor than you do your faith and your walk with Christ, um, you know, who, who are you worshiping? Right. You gotta be very, we got to be careful about that. And I think, I know it goes on throughout the world, but I think America is probably the worst at it. Just having, there's certain pastors of certain churches who, you know, they, they've got their books and, and they're just, I think, idolized and, you know, yeah. and, um, well, and that's true. And, you know, the funny thing is that can happen uh, not only um, people start looking to their pastor uh, in ways that are 
un, unhealthy in terms of just having them so idolized. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can also happen to four pastors, two pastors, because, you know, I have certain men that I read and yeah. that I listen to, or I watch their YouTube, or if they're at a conference that I can get to, I go hear them mm-hmm. because, you know, they are influential in my life. And, and so uh, we all have to be careful, number one, that we don't put uh, men's writings above God's word. Right. And um, we, we don't put the preaching of a man above, you know, so high uh, on our pedestal that we don't bother to listen critically to what they're saying and make sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's what we're supposed to do. Check out the message, you know, according to the word. Um, because, you know, uh, people either can make genuine mistakes. Um, I preached an entire sermon one time on... You know, regarding why, why you know bad things happen to good people, and my passage or part of it was that it rains on the just and the unjust. But the only problem with that is in Scripture, rains a blessing, not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, and and the whole passage in context is talking about the grace of God. It just you yeah. know it and it it comes down not on not only on the just, but yeah. you know people are sort of they just cut caught up in the rain, you know, of uh-huh. God's grace. And it's a wonderful, and, and the truth of the passage is a much better sermon than the one I preached. <laughs> and so um, we, we have to be careful. Um, and so I, I think your point's a good one, that, that sometimes personalities become the basis of somebody's faith more so than a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Um, I, I am in, intrigued about the, uh, what'd you have about the video games? Oh. Uh, because that's that's interesting, and we talked about the last episode. Um, I, I'm, I'm entertaining getting the Oculus because it's amazing. Yeah. And since we we do these back to back in one record, I haven't gotten it yet. So here's your chance to talk me out of it, Jesse. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, before my, you start, though. Yeah, I should say Jesse has real, real one, quick so. before you start. I noticed that was a, that was the last one on your list, yes. right? So I'm guessing you wrote that down I, when he I said, did. "Oh, I added yeah. that, that is the one that I added today." But here's the reason why I added it, not particularly because you want to get an Oculus. I own an Oculus. It's a fun thing to have. Can I have it? Uh, my kids, <laughs> my kids are borrowing it right now. I don't have it at the house right now. Oh but, man! All right, uh, it's in Joplin right at the current moment. But um, one of the reasons I added it is there is a whole subculture of America, especially with young men, who don't ever want to get off a video game system. Yeah. Uh, and and you know mm. we we talked about it yeah. before uh, in our men's group. You know. That it, it because of it, it has led to this extending out adolescence, and y- and young men fail to mature to manhood because they're stuck in this alternate rela- yeah. reality. Yeah, you know where they can go and be online and be whatever they want to be. Yeah. So that was the reason why I added it into this discussion when I when I when I when we were in that last was like, oh, I missed that one. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I had went through and I had thought about, you know, sports and, and, and good golly does I, I'm a sports nut. I love American football. I, I'll throw the word American in there because it's, it's really to me, it's the only football, but you know, get outside of America. If you're listening outside of America, I'm sorry. I don't consider soccer football, but American style football. I love it. Kansas City Chiefs. I'm a diehard, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. I can tell you who the running back is. I can tell you what, what, what I can tell you we got four running backs right now. They're all pretty good. In their own ways, I have to, I have to remind myself sometimes that I can't get all wrapped up in it because there are way more important things in my life than the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and there are some people who don't put that boundary there. Mm-hmm. That that is their religion. My dad, I tell you, for almost his whole life, his religion was NASCAR. Well, that's um. I think there's so many alternatives, uh, and we could lump a lot of these things under a broader category of uh, entertainment. Entertainment, yes. yes. You know, you, I have to be mentally, visually, whatever, stimulated all the time. I need, I need stimulus. I need input. You know, entertain my brain. Heaven forbid I get bored and actually start thinking deeply about something, you know. Something it's, meaningful. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> uh, so I think this busyness of entertainment uh, draws us away from Christ, and it, it, it if, if you don't think so, and, and for a lot of people it's not an issue, but, you know, uh, there are people that, that spend 
honestly, more time, many times over, more time on uh, phone games or, or pad games. I call it just the colorful blocks that are dropping or, yeah. you know, you're connecting and you're getting, you know, feedback and, you know, affirmation for this level or that level. And, and that can occupy a person's whole day. Yep. And uh, I, I can't help but think that's that's probably not spiritually healthy. Well, and yet they just come at us, come at us. If God can keep you so busy that you don't have time to think deeply about your relationship with him, about eternity, about the nature of Christ, about, you know, the reality of the world we're in, um, then that's a problem. Now, is there a place for entertainment? Of course, God wants us to enjoy things, but boy, there needs to be some moderation right. on, on some you of know. these things. You know, just think of the number of video sites there are. Yeah. You know, you go anywhere and you see advertisements for Netflix, Hulu, TikTok, YouTube, uh, Paramount Plus, Peacock, YouTube TV. There's there's these unlimited uh, number of subscriber-based... Who, I just seen a commercial the other day for Hulu Live Plus 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 Plus. Yeah. And then the commercial goes... That's a dumb title, but we're going to go with it. You know, but I, I seen an advertisement for watching a sports, sporting game, as a matter of fact. But, you know, I've seen the advertisement for who needs Hulu plus, plus, plus. Yeah. Well, I, in, in this mentality that is encouraged by, by what the world is giving us in terms of just constant need for ever increasing and delightful stimulus, you know, of some kind or another. The games are faster, more colorful. You know, I, I remember, in fact, when I was uh, at Discovery Zone and I tried that um, Oculus for the first time, I uh, I was telling the the guy running that room and you know, that worked there, I said, when I was a kid, I thought Pong was amazing. <laughs> I mean, it really looked like that little square ball was bouncing off the yeah, little deal, yeah. you know. And, and then when they put vibrations in the, the handles of the Atari or whatever, this is nothing could be more realistic. This is wonderful. Uh-huh. Well, look at what we have now. And so this, the thing about that is I think that same mentality, that same need that we develop in our brain um, has bled into the church. Yeah. So that now we don't feel like we've been to worship unless we have been just entertained yep. with lights and loud music. And, you know, unless our chest is literally pounding mm-hmm. by the driving bass, um, you know, give me, give me stimulus. Can, can, you know. can I just say, if you make church like yeah. that, I'm not coming to church anymore. <laughs> I went to a yeah. concert and we went to see a Christian rock band and I yeah. left. Yeah. Because I couldn't stand the pyrotechnics and the, yep. you know, my eardrums being blasted out, and I left my wife and my daughter watching, <laughs> and I was upstairs. Yeah, yeah. Now let me say for the record, because before somebody says, you know, that William is, you know, anti-music and doesn't believe you can have lively worship, what have you. Okay, is there a place for that? Yes, I, I don't think there's anything wor- in the world wrong with exciting, upbeat. Uh, Christian music, I think it, it can honor God. I think there's a, a, a place for it. But um, I, I don't think I would call that what I see as a biblical model for worship. I, and so I what agree. I'm saying is yeah. you, I, I don't think you can have that every Sunday say, well, that was our worship service. Yeah. There's a place for that, but don't call it something it's not. Um, and so I think that that's this need for just entertainment has drawn us so far away from scripture because it is hard now for uh, a pastor um, sometimes to if, if you preach uh, just the word of God and and you don't uh, have some interesting funny or humorous anecdote to throw in every once in a while and you preach for more than 30 minutes uh, you start you start losing people mm-hmm. uh, at least at their attention span because it's not stimulating enough right and yet those same people, could play a video game or watch a sporting event for 30 minutes and it go by in a heartbeat. They wouldn't even know it'd been 30 minutes yeah. because they're constantly being, you know, um, I don't know. I, we, we've created sort of a monster within ourselves, this feed me kind of thing. And what in there a movie where that, uh, the plant wants to be fed all the time with it. The, the, a little oh, shop of horse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You feed me. You know, we, we just, we want our entertainment. Well, then, then that's easy. 
for just, the church. Just make church more entertaining. Yeah. And um, I don't, I don't see that as uh, you know. If Jesus isn't your draw, mm-hmm. then you're you're doing church wrong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree. Uh, the gospel is is it immediately in the you know the physical sense sensory uh, as stimulating as a video game? No, but is it eternal and sweeter and far more important? Yes, and you know, in, in every respect. So I, I don't know if the primary characteristic. Uh, of, of your worship service, if the most salient thing uh, from your worship service that people walk away with is, boy, that, I, I felt so good during that music. Right. Okay, that, that wears off after a while. It's inter- but, but that's just entertainment, mm-hmm. pure entertainment. Um, Usually by the and, time you get yeah, to the car and, and, and head yeah, home, it's, and, uh, you know. You know that, doesn't, that doesn't change your life. No. Um, but we live in a world that wants, you know, 45 minutes of chest-pounding, quote, worship, and then a 10-minute sermon. Yeah. You know, and I, I've said it before, and I'll, I think I can I think I think can make good on, on this statement because I can be long-winded, as you know. Um, we will never have more music than sermon. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that's, I, I don't think that's appropriate. I think there's a place for the music. I mean, Paul says, you know, come together, sing to each other in hymns yeah. and songs and psalms of, of praise. And we need to do that. And there's a time for that. And I'm glad we have that. Rob does such an amazing job with our, uh, with our worship. He's very sincere mm-hmm. and truly, um, worships himself and, you know, people follow him there. And I think that's a risk Yeah, that, that our whole praise team is willing to take. And, um, a lot of people, can present themselves as very superficial um, in, in worship and so forth. But I think our praise team is very genuine. And if you think about it, worship is is an intimate thing. Mm-hmm. When you come and you really focus on the presence of Christ and, and who he is and, and you're enter, entering into a time of adoring him, that, that is a that is a intimate thing. And to allow other people uh, to sit out in the congregation and and be led by you doing that yeah that's a that's a vulnerability right and so i appreciate our team's willingness to do that but we we, so we do have that but we spend equal amount of time if well arguably more amount of time you know uh in exposition of god's word yeah Uh, because that's what's going to change our lives is god's the power of god's words but pastors are hard-pressed and i and i say this as as a confessional because i are one um we are hard pressed sometimes to really trust that God's word is powerful enough that all I have to do, I really ought to do, is preach God's word. Yeah, that it is that it is uh, attractive to people. Mm-hmm. That they need the truth. They'll respond to the truth. God works through His His word. We feel some need sometimes to, you know, how can I preach this passage that's so well known in a new way yeah. or in uh, some way that's going to you know, make it more entertaining and whatever. And uh, God has said to me so often, that is not your job. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote it, you know, I inspired it to be written the way I, I want it to be, and you're not going to improve on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's an idea, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we're drawn away even within the church uh, by an uh, obsessive need for entertainment. Um, well, entertainment, its it seems like a lot of churches they'll do anything to get people in, like put Mm -hmm. a Starbucks in the lobby or something like that. And Starbucks stands for everything that Christianity is not. Right. And yet we'll, we'll put one in the lobby so we can say that we have one. So people will come and they can get their coffee before the light show, smoke show, rock show, whatever. Um, And then with worship teams and who are in, uh, on churches like that, a lot of them do get the rock star mentality, and that's they get yeah. the you know. So and I, I struggle a little bit with um, sort of a dynamic and stuff like that because I've, I've been in lobbies where you see that, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that there, there's a price board behind. I mean, it's a it's a full on coffee shop, right? Yeah. And yeah. and okay, but it's not not free, right? You know. So I was like, what about people who can't afford that? Six dollar cup of coffee. Right. Do they not get coffee? Yeah. They, they probably don't no, come to your that, church. <laughs> well, probably, that that's. Yeah. But is that not why? You know, because apparently this church isn't for everybody. Yeah. You know, I, it's I, and so I I don't know I I think we have to be very careful when we uh, we start marketing scripture to a, a certain demographic. Mm-hmm. You know, if if your message on Sunday morning doesn't preach to to the uh, 
you know, Ukrainian citizens that are they're going through a war-torn country right now as equally as it does to the, you know, up-and-coming business person. Yeah. Then there's something wrong with your message. I yeah. mean, they, they, this is this is a book not just for the, you know, upper-middle class Westerner. Mm-hmm. It, it's God's word to, to the world. So I, we had to be careful. Um, I'll tell you the other thing that I think is happening, um, and it's an interesting phenomena and in ways i very confessional today i i i'm just jealous because i wish i could figure out a way to to get away with it but you have a whole sort of subculture of younger people today who uh make a living um just i don't know what that um recreating that you know they live in a van yeah and or uh you know whatever uh, a truck pulling a some kind of fancy little camper or whatever and they go around to national parks and they're just living they're just living life and people are supporting them on you know patreon they're making their youtube videos and and trust me i i understand making a youtube video is actually hard work yeah i mean and and some of them write very well so i'm not saying they're not valid and and they're lazy or not working but one of the things that I, I see as a theme and all these p- young people talk about it is, you know, here we're off to the next experience mm-hmm. okay? because life has become a series of experiences. That's the most important thing in life. In fact, one of the couples that I actually subscribe to their channel because I think they're, they're wonderful people and I wish I could go on these adventures. But they have a little girl and they've talked about several times what they're trying to do is give her as many experiences as they can. Yeah. And I think that's great in a way but what we have is sort of a resurgence of you know um, existentialism um you know Hemingway was one of the most famous existentialists and he believed life really amounted to nothing more um than your experiences so what becomes most important in life is getting experiences yeah so you know you travel you go on safaris you hunt big game you do you do these daring and um crazy things um, and we have a resurgence of that, mm-hmm. that life is all about just your experiences. Well, that can make the guy who's just, you know, grinding it out day by day at a job providing for his family, you know, I think, well, then, then what, what is the value of just working hard? And right. as, as Paul says, just seek a quiet life, provide for family, love your wife, you know, all these things. You know, the Bible, I don't think, lends itself to, to living a life based on it's, it's all about you know how many experiences and wonderful experiences I can have yeah and so I, I think that's pulling away a lot of people in fact you uh, one of the things as a pastor and pastors out there will know what I mean you can just count on you know if it's a if it's a really nice weekend you know in the forecast whatever there there are people uh, in many congregations not so much in ours uh, because we're you know, smaller but yeah um, that the pastors know they're going to be gone because they have a boat right? or they have motorcycles or they have uh, dune buggies, whatever, you know, whatever our latest toy is. Um, and they're going to go have these experiences. They're going to go right. do that instead of coming to church. Well, you know, used to be that, you know, you could do that Friday and Saturday, but Sunday you were at church. Yeah. Church is optional now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's very optional. And, we complain about it, but then sometimes as church members, we uh, we buy into it because, yeah. you know, when our uh, little one's coach says, hey, we got a big tournament, you know, Saturday and Sunday, and the parents are like, we'll be there, coach. Yep. Uh, what about church? Well, we got the tournament. Um, and and one of the things I want to be careful about, and it, seem like, it seems like I'm, I'm doing it even now, I, I don't want to start equating faith as going to church i understand that you do not have to go to church in order to be a christian i i get that right. but if you are a christian you have to go to church yeah because we're told to mm-hmm. uh we're commanded to and we need each other and when you miss uh you hurt the whole body yeah um, even he said well i don't do anything at church i just you know, I come, I sit, I listen, I worship, but I, I don't have a ministry there. You being there is ministry. It makes a difference. And uh, if to no one else, I, I'll just speak on behalf of pastors, it, it makes a difference for your pastor. Yeah. Um, because it's hard. You have one of those, I call them Labor Day Sundays, okay? Because you know you're going to be down on Labor Day weekend. 
because people are recamping, traveling, whatever. And you stand in front of the congregation and you look out and, and there's just not many people there. It is hard to be to rejoice in that. You know what I'm saying? Right. To, to, to be joyful, to be positive. Uh, it, and, and you almost, at least I do, not that I'm ever phony, I, I guess, but you feel like, man, I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to remain you put, positive. You're pushing yeah. through. Yeah, I'm yeah. pushing through. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to look like, well, he's just pushing through. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it does make a difference. So, um, yeah, I think there's so many opportunities for so many other things that's drawing people away from church. And it's made us feel like church is optional. So yeah. entertainment, the the optional um, aspect of church, and that would be uh, my phone. I do apologize. Uh, now, how do I stop this thing? That's because I'm over 20. I can't figure out how to turn it off. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Anyway, sorry about the phone. Um, it, ironically, is one of my elders calling. Um, anyway, entertainment in this, in this sort of need for... You know, grander experiences and just doing other things have drawn us away from the simple truth of God's Word that we need to be engaging in. Well, when you were talking about numbers and stuff, I think, uh, you know, when COVID hit, yeah, that I feel like that kind of instilled a mindset, too, because um, there was a period of time where people couldn't go to church. Yeah. And then once you could, it's like, well, we... We went this long without going to church. Maybe, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe this over here is more important. And so it's easier to say, you know what? Well, it is. Let's do this than, than, you know. And I think across denominational lines, most churches um, post COVID uh, is about 30%. I think I read the average was 30% fewer people. That's wild. And in a way, um, it's been clarifying. Yeah. Very clarifying because you learned who is going to be faithful and who isn't. Yeah. And people that um, wouldn't come to church because for fear of getting COVID or for a while, you know, certain entities may, you know, mandated that we couldn't meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we didn't. And then you didn't come because you were afraid of getting COVID, although, you know, same people would eat at a restaurant or go to Walmart. But anyway, the, um, those people are, are really... Uh, not being honest with themselves if they say, yeah, I, I would still come to church if they outlaw it. Yeah. You know, they make Christianity illegal. I'd still be faithful. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you, I mean, if you, if, if you wouldn't come to church because, you know, for lesser reasons, yeah. then you're not going to come to church for, you know, a more significant reason. Right. And I think that's probably true of people that, you know, put so many other activities before church. Yeah. Um, so, um we, we have to get back to the idea that, you know, if again, as the, the caller said, if God is God, then serve him. Right. Yeah. You know? And if, if Little League Baseball is God, then go do that. Yeah. But if God is God, then serve him. Period. You know, we need to make a decision. Jesse, you want to say something? I'm sorry. I've kind of run away with this. No, no, no. Well, I wanted to address, make sure we took time to address the second part of her question, which was... We identify what the idols are. Right. How do we fall into that trap so we're not following them? And I think the important part of that conversation is, well, one of the things for me is we can't be one person six days a week and then be somebody different on Sundays when we go to church. You know, and we can't go to church on Sunday and think that somehow fixes the rest of our week. Yeah. We need to be about God and Christ every day. Because if you are not intentionally focused on God and Christ, something else will fill its spot. Very yeah. quickly. Yeah. So if you don't get up Monday morning and and pray and read the word, then you're going to be focused on something else as you walk out the door to work. Yep. Well, you know what they say, um, um, discipleship never happens accidentally. Correct. Uh, I mean, it's just... So, you know, it does take intentionality, and, and we're not always uh, intentional enough about our own spiritual walk. I think so. even the people that think they're like oh, the really good churchgoers. I'm at, I'm at the church every time the day the church is open, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Even those people, if that's what you're basing your fellowship, your fellowship with Christ on, you got a problem. Because going to church five hours, six hours, when you add all those up together a week, doesn't 
cover the other hundred waking hours. So that's just, you know, I think we have to, if you want to combat, you know, not being wishy-washy between God and everything else in the world, whether it be entertainment or money or you got to be focused on God every day. Right. So anything can be an idol if it's not done in moderation, I'm guessing is kind of a, one of our conclusions. I, I, yeah. I, I think, think yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, anything can be an idol. You know, if you're going to put it before God, it's an idol. Yeah. And like I said, you know, part of the things that are on my list, you know, are, are good things. You know, right. money money in itself is not a bad thing. Exactly. And the Bible never says it is. It yeah. says for the love, love of money. money yeah. Which that's a that's a big one. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think everybody wishes they had a little more money. Uh, well, how about family? Uh, yeah, Family's yeah. not a bad thing. No. Unless I put my family in front of God. Right. Which, you know, we that goes back to even the, the last one we were just talking about. You know, you know, what about your kids when they walk away from God? Well, God's still God. And he's still a jealous God. So, yeah, right. I think it's it's surprising to me, to be honest, the, the people I have seen, um, because a, a child in their life suddenly uh, makes some radical lifestyle or decisions and issues arise, um, and their, their immediate or at least eventual conclusion is to basically, um, I, I have to step back and question the Word of God. Yeah. You know, um, because now all this stuff we talk about theoretically about other people, mm-hmm. now it's close to my heart. Yeah. And now I just, now I'm not sure. Um, you know, the Bible says there, there, that in this life you would have trouble. And, well, Jesus himself, a man of many sorrows. And part of those sorrows sometimes is seeing people mm-hmm. um, walk away, but you know they are. Um and, and you keep, but you can't change what you teach and believe and whatever just to keep people coming because, as I said before, to what end? Um, you know, uh, and I think the caller mentioned why, why do we see the church accepting so many of these things that are clearly not the biblical standard? It's because we're afraid of failure, we're afraid that you know, um, the church will somehow falter if, if, yeah. if, if we don't start accepting. Uh, certain worldly views on things. And um, Christ said that, you know, the gates of, of Hades, in other words, death, mortality rate, will never uh, overcome his church. There will always be a church. It may not be popular. It may not be huge. It may not be powerful um, in earthly terms. But yeah. there will always, always be a church. So um, we just have to come back to that. The popularity thing is what kind of... Uh, what gets me? So many churches, pastors, whatever, they want to be the popular yeah. church. And that makes no sense to me. It, um, I don't get it. I yeah. mean, I get it, I guess, on a on a, a human level, I guess. But as a church, I just, that just blows my mind. Well, everybody likes to be liked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even, even pastors. Um, I say that as though that should be a surprise. But, you know... Um, Everybody likes to be liked and appreciated, and everybody likes to be known as doing their their job well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a doctor, you want to be known as a good doctor. If you're, you know, um, whatever you do, you want to be you want to do your job well. Yeah. And so pastors are are no exception to that rule. They want to be known as a good pastor. They want to be known as a good preacher or a mm-hmm. good teacher. And so. Um, you know, when when you preach on Sunday, um, you want to do a good job because you want to be um, handle the Word of God with integrity and accuracy, and you want to honor God with what you do. But there is a sense in which you want to do it well because everybody likes to do their job well. Yeah. And you can be far more liked preaching completely unbiblical things right now in our culture. Yeah. And they will sing your praises. And you, you'll have the accolades, you know, you might even get the news to come down and talk about how accepting and radically wonderful uh, your teaching in your church is now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we could be a lot more popular uh, if we just would give up on a few of these 
things the Bible is so definitive about, but we're yeah. not, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. At least our church is not going to do that. Well, I say it's not, it's, it's, first of all, it's not ours, it's Christ, it's his church. Uh, and ultimately that'll come down to the, to the congregation, mm-hmm. what our church is or isn't. But, um, yeah, as long as I'm a part of it, it won't, you know, I, right. I, I wouldn't do, be a part of that. It, it, something just hit me as I, we mentioned the popularity part and that's one of your things on your list is self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you look at today, I think self is probably one of the biggest biggest idols because of everything we have, like social media, everything is about is almost narcissistic. It's all about like mm-hmm. we have our own pages that you know we get to. It's it's all about us, 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 us. TikTok yeah. is is us making videos and getting all the likes, and that's us, 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 us. And we we're almost. Yeah, putting and, ourselves on on a narcissistic pedestal of wanting to get those likes. Those likes are like yeah. it's like doing drugs, you know. I want to. I posted this. I got to go back and check how many people liked it so far, and that kind of thing. Isn't that? It's funny the things that people post too. Yeah. Um, because there was a day I, th- I think when um, people realized nobody except my family cares what we're having for dinner. Yeah. But yeah, on Facebook, sometimes you see, you'll see people, you know, having whatever, you know, got, just got back from the gym and now I'm having this for a snack now. Okay. Why? You know, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm boredom averse, but I'm not so bored that I want to know what you're having for dinner. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I love you, but you know, unless you're inviting me over. You know, that's a different yeah. story, but yeah. come on. So, I almost I invited you over when I smoked that, that pulled pork the other day. Yeah. But that just... I know, and that hurt. <laughs> I'm still wounded, but I'll get over it. it just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought about that before, but it just kind of hit me. Like I think self is a big one. Like I said, that's, that's, that's even, you know, you read back through the Bible, which, again, that's one of the things that if you want to keep from falling into this, you have to do. That's what caused Satan to fall is he wanted to be equal to God. Yeah. 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 It's a self, self-aggrandizement. Self, yeah, so, yeah. You know, I am as a, I'm just as good. And, you know, it's, it's one of the number one reasons why people don't like to believe in a superior being for, for me, that's, that's God and only God. But, you know, people don't want to, you know, because that means I'm not the most important thing. Right. I can't earn my own way. I can't do it myself. That's a problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Now, personally, I know how bad I mess most stuff up, so I'm glad I'm not in charge of my salvation. Yeah. Because I'd find a way to mess it up anyways. I did hear a guy say one time, I thought it was pretty clever, and I never thought about it. He said, I'm a Christian because it's the only religion left for me. He said, you know, because all the rest I have to earn, I have to do something. He said, I've I've already blown it. This is like my only option because I'm such a failure. And I'm like, well, okay, I, you know what? God could use failures even like me. Then I'm sure he can, he can, uh, you know, minister and pour out grace to you too. So I, you know, (laughs) uh, in fact, I got a, uh, I got a piece of mail um, from somebody in the church. Uh, This was years ago. um, And it was anonymous and. I've I've, in, I've since had a senior pastor tell me uh, you do one thing and one thing only with anonymous letters you throw them straight in the trash don't even open them <laughs> unless you think there might be money in there <laughs> but you know uh, have somebody else open it and then throw it away don't read it yeah. anyway it just said big bold letters have you ever been successful at anything wow. anything and I thought wow that that wounded me it really did I don't know what the pur- what the purpose of the person who sent it was. Um, Except to wound me, and congratulations if if you by some strange reason happen to be listening, you did so good job. Um, but I was very discouraged about that. And I didn't know didn't know how to handle it. But the following Sunday, I, I made a uh, a PowerPoint slide of the letter, and <laughs> I talked about um, you know God can use. Thankfully, God can use losers, and so I put it up there, and I and I said somebody took the time out of their busy Christmas season to send this to me, and I wanted to thank you. Uh, for the question and I said here's the answer no nope never been successful at anything I tend to mess up everything I said but you know what God's grace is good enough for me and uh, uh, you know I'm a, I'm a terrible person but my savior's not 
Right. And, you know, so I just, and, and here's the good news for you. If God can use a loser like me, he can use a bunch of losers like you too. So, you know, so anyway, um, so you're right. Uh, um, you know, we, we, we have so many foibles that we fight against and, uh, man, I don't know. How do we get onto that? I don't know. Well, cause I, that's not important. What is important <laughs> is we got this great voicemail and I think we've done a pretty good job of answering their question. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I think, uh, if I'm wrong, please leave us another voicemail. Yeah. Follow what, up. I'd love to hear yeah. from you. Or after you hear this and you want to say, Hey, thank you. You know, shoot us a message too. But you know, definitely we hope we answered your question. And if we didn't, please let us know. We'll try again. Yeah, we can always because we we've just said we're not successful, obviously. Yeah, so. yeah if you if you have any uh, suggestions or you know uh, ideas for doing better, be gentle. And <laughs> but uh, no, I would I would love it if people would follow up. And let us. Oh know yeah, I, I yeah. Please do. So. Please follow up. Um, anybody, anybody. Uh, even if you didn't ask a question, but you want to you want to follow up on something we've said, and you just want to give your input or. Maybe ask us to uh, go deeper into something. Uh, we we need ideas, and we like to talk about. We we stuff. enjoy doing this. Let's 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 be honest. We all sit around and do this because we enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. And but at the same time, we want this to be a ministry for the listener. Right. right. So if you have something that you don't think gets addressed in church. But you want to know about it. You want to know what a Christian perspective is on it. Give it to us. We we are looking forward to every time we get a question, a voicemail, an email. We look forward to those and look forward to conquering them. Yeah. And if you've left us one and we haven't got to you yet, do know that we plan to try to get to everyone as soon as we can. We're only doing two of these a month right now. Right. That may change in a little while. We started out one a month. Now we're to two a month. Who knows? We may do more. But, you know, we as the questions keep coming in, we want to be faithful to try to, to, to interact with every one of them. Right, yeah. Uh, and we thank you very much. And, again, please send us messages. Yeah, please. And if we have to try to knock out a couple, an episode, we can, too. I mean, we can... We can try to shrink stuff down. Yeah. Um, we're not good at that part. We're not we good at it, though. It's, it's, yeah, uh, if we had, what, more than two yeah. questions, we'd be in, in trouble. Yeah. But uh, we got to every question asked this week, both of them. We did. <laughs> so. And it. Uh, I lost my train of thought, so I won't even go because I forgot what I was going to say. But we do appreciate the questions. Oh, I don't, we've had more questions than I, I thought we would at this point because this is still very new to us. And, uh, you know, we're still trying to gain followers and listeners and that kind of thing. So we really do appreciate the questions. So uh, yeah. I guess at that, we'll... Uh, we'll uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks. See you later.